The reading is taken from Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? morning. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for uh, your word. Thank you for all that you're doing among us. So exciting just to hear the testimonies and uh, just to be part of that response after uh, Michael's testimony. And uh, it's so exciting because we know there's so much more to come. And so we thank you for it, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would speak to us uh, through your word now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, um, <clears throat> what I wanted to do today is revisit something that we've looked at before, but there is a purpose in this, which is that over the last two weeks, um, who's been here the last two weeks? There might be one or two that haven't. Um, I haven't been. But I've done my homework and I've listened online. And, um, and James has been sharing from, largely from Romans, Romans 6, um, and uh, speaking about the kind of righteousness that we have um, in Christ. And I felt that the Lord wanted to do something um, in <clears throat> uh, helping us... Um, kind of appropriate the scriptures from which uh, James has spoken over the last couple of weeks. And so I can't really call it a part three because the, the message came from James's heart, but it felt so right uh, to move in this direction this morning. Now, what I wanted to remind us of uh, before we get to that part is this um, value that we have in Chanctonbury for the truth that life is spoken. Now, I've shared a number of stories since I've been here about where I have seen that come to pass. And um, one time, uh, I, I don't think I've ever said this one here, so that's good. But one time I was feeling really um, lacking in peace. And I just felt really kind of... Uh, I wasn't particularly anxious, but there was a friend of mine um, <clears throat> and there was a slight sort of breakdown in our friendship 
And out of that, I was experiencing a bit of turmoil because it was a really close friend. It was different to anxiety, but it, was, it led me to a place of just not knowing the peace of God. In that moment, I, I would say I'd lost my peace. And I can remember sharing this with another friend. And he came up to me, put his hand on my heart and said, peace. And I went, oh, like this. And suddenly I was just, oh, everything is going to be okay. One word peace. And there was in that moment an impartation of power that transformed the internal kind of wranglings of my soul and the kind of inner workings of whatever was going on in my physical body and it brought peace. Because life is spoken. Um, And we see this in so many ways. I've Uh, told a couple of stories here before of where I've seen that happen in nature itself. This may sound crazy, and I don't have time to go into the story, but I'll just remind you, for those of you who've heard it before, at one time in Scotland, this lady wanted to go swimming. We were on a boat, and it was surrounded by jellyfish, and I just got on the side of the boat, and I commanded the jellyfish to leave. They were great big in the Scottish waters. You get these red jellyfish up near Oban, um, they're that, that kind of diameter, tentacles like that. And there were about 30 of these jellyfish around the boat. I commanded them to leave, go to the other side of the bay, and not to return until the morning. And within two minutes, they'd all gone. And this, uh, my friend Kate had her swim, got out the boat, and we didn't see another jellyfish until we lifted anchor the next morning. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I know that we have the authority to speak into creation. But why, why would he do that? Because life is spoken and his word has power when we believe it. Um, in the passage today, Jesus speaks to creation, doesn't he? I think he probably speaks to more than creation. Um, he speaks to creation and creation obeys. What happens? A storm wells up. And, you know, you only have authority over a storm that you can sleep through. And Jesus has authority over this storm because it comes up, you know, disciples are scared. Peace, be still. The whole creation responds. Now, it might be, commentators think different things, that this is a whole aspect of spiritual warfare and all of that. Um, I don't think it actually matters because the point is that when we speak, stuff happens. When Jesus speaks, it shifts the atmosphere and we can transform atmospheres. You know um, Proverbs 18 verse 21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. Now that means if... Uh, With our tongue, we have the ability to release life or the ability to release death. So we can release a blessing over someone's life. Um, You know, I caught myself this morning on the way, it's so ironic, isn't it? Driving in to speak about this. I caught myself as I was coming down Rock Road, or up Rock Road, I should say, and somebody pulled out of um, the road that Mark lives on, and I've forgotten what it's called, New Something Street, Um, somebody pulled out it wasn't Mark um, somebody pulled out right in front of me when I was coming up the hill and I had to slam on my brakes 
Um, and they sort of looked at me like this. And I'm like, and, I, and, and just very quietly, I went, unbelievable. And I, I caught myself, because that is a release of death. I, in that moment, chose not to bless and go, hey, don't worry about it. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it would have if I'd crashed, but I didn't, right? So um, it, didn't, it doesn't really matter, does it? But somehow we let these things work out, get, get us worked up. Maybe you don't. You're probably way more redeemed than I am in this area. But I caught myself and I went, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Let me be a blessing. And I started praying blessing over that car. Um, but it's so easy to release something that doesn't look like life in the environment we may find ourselves in. Uh, in Hebrews 11, uh, I know I'm jumping through scriptures, but it's just because I'm trying to make uh, remind us of this core truth. In Hebrews 11, it says this. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So what happens there? The universe is formed at what? The words of God at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Now, he created something from nothing just by speaking. That's the power and the authority behind the reality that life is spoken. Uh, I won't go more into the theology of creation. Uh, We just haven't got time. So I'm jumping through, I know. Uh, Romans... um, 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And there's a sense in this that when we hear something, uh, and it's repeated, it has the effect of generating and increasing faith. So when we hear a truth spoken, Time and time again, when we audibly hear it, there is something that happens um, within our spirit. And it connects with the Holy Spirit inside of us and releases faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So when we get the opportunity to hear the word of God spoken... You know, the word of God, it cannot leave or depart into any environment without achieving the purpose for which God said it. Isaiah 55. You know, the, the word of God is, is powerful, isn't it? Um, it's, it's a weapon and it has the power to divide flesh from spirit, bone from marrow, to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. It's powerful stuff. And when we hear it audibly, it's even more powerful. And I'm going somewhere with this. You, may, you might be tracking with where I'm heading. So, you know, also in the CV liturgy, one of the reasons, whatever you, wherever you stand with the liturgy, um, one of the reasons it's, it can be so powerful is because so much of it is scripture. And it, we say it almost by right because we know it, some of it so well. And we hear it over and over, and it it gets into us. Now, if I was to say this phrase, I think you would know, if you're a member of a church, you're in church, how to respond. 
The Lord is here. Whoa, where did that come from? Okay. But, you know, we go, His Spirit is with us. The Lord is here. Yes! Isn't it cool? But do you know what I mean? So we've learned that by right, and so it comes out a bit like we've learned it by right. But the truth that it celebrates is phenomenal. His Spirit is with us. So exciting. So faith comes by hearing. When we declare truth out loud, um, the faith in us is increased. It's just how it works. It's so cool. Right. Uh, You'll know Romans 12, uh, in the beginning uh, of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And it talks about, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so this thing where we hear the truth, the impact of it is mind renewal. And so the more we declare it, the more we uh, hear it out loud, we can't help but that is going to transform our minds and renew them. I'm not going to spend much time on that because I want to jump through this. At Romans 4 verse 17, I want to um, read this one. Um, And different translations um, uh, write this differently or translate it differently. Romans 4 verse 17, it says this. Um, This is speaking about Abraham. And it says, as it is written, um, and this is the quote, um, I have made you the father of many nations. So that's a, a quote from at the Old Testament. And then it says, in the presence of God in whom he believed, and then it says this, who gives life to the things that do not exist. Now, I'm sorry to say that's not a good translation. Um, I think the NIV is better. It's not perfect, but it's better. And it says, um, I think it says, has someone got an NIV there? Can you just read it out to me, how, how it says? And cause things that are not as though they were. Now the uh, LEB, which is a more literal translation, says as though they are. Cause things that are not as though they are. If you go into the actual um, Greek and look at the context of the passage and the construction of how um, Paul's written it, it says what is. Uh, it says, God calls what is out of what is not. Okay, he calls what, uh, what is out of what is not. So with Abraham, um, he was called Abraham, okay, which means exalted father. Abraham means exalted father. But he needed to be transformed. So God changes his name at the point at which Abraham is 99 years old, just before the, reality, the promise was set in. He changes his name and he becomes Abraham, the father of many nations. And so people start calling him Abraham. So every day they say, hey Abraham. So they're basically saying to him, hi father of many nations. And he's hearing it over and over and over again. And he's being transformed from knowing that he's this exalted father without a child to being called the father of many nations and somewhere between the laughter 
where he said, there's no way that's going to happen. Somewhere between that and the birth of Isaac, Abraham considered God faithful who had promised. And it became a reality. And Isaac was born. Why? One of the things that shifted everything was in his name. That everyone was saying to him, you are the father of many nations. And it goes into his spirit. And it changes everything. Now, you know, there's no question it was miraculous. Uh, a 99-year-old man and a 89-year-old woman conceiving. It's inconceivable is a word we might use today. But it happened. Okay, it's, this is the power of uh, the spoken word. Um, Joel 3 verse 10, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. It doesn't say, let the weak say, I am not weak. It doesn't focus on that. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. Because we focus on the reality that the truth of what God has revealed to us. So we may not feel like we're worthy to be called his son or his daughter, we might not feel that we have the right to say that we are righteous. You know, the stuff that James was sharing about over the last two weeks, and we might feel like we struggle with sin. And, you know, James talked about this language of, you know, when you're in a coffin, you can't sin, can you? Because you're dead. Well, we are dead. And that's what James was sharing, wasn't it, over the last two weeks. We're dead. We don't have that anymore. It's been taken away. And when we went through baptism, we died to sin. And we rose up as children of the light. And the reality now is that we are people of righteousness. And so what's the truth we declare? If you want to break free from a pattern of sin... You don't focus on the sin. And this is the problem with confession. Because confession repeats to you the, the, the problems that you've been experiencing. And, when you, and I'm not saying we don't confess sin. I'm just talking about the, the way in which historically we've done it. You know, when we say, I'm sorry, Lord, because I cut that person up in the street, or I, you know, they cut me up and I reacted... I'm so sorry that I shouted. I'm so sorry that I got... And we repeat the journey of the bad behavior through our thinking because we're trying to repent of it. What we're actually doing is just perpetuating that problem in our lives. So what we do instead is we say, that's dead to me. That's not me. That is the thing that is trying to keep me in lockdown. You know, the lies James spoke about... It's a lie. It's just not reality. The reality is, I am righteous. And I am clothed with the righteousness of God. Because that's who he has made me to be. We'll come on to the the core scriptures in a second. But, just as I wrap up this section, before we do the the thing I want to do. Just want to check what I wrote down. Just a couple of uh, really quick things. Um, Jesus, when he was being tempted, just before the passage we had today, um, he spoke his way out of the wilderness. 
and he used truth. And when he's tempted by the enemy, he quotes scripture, doesn't he? He quotes scripture, and uh, the scripture he quotes empowers him to overcome the enemy and to stay uh, right and true to the, the plans and purposes of God. Mark eleven twenty three 23 uh, talks about, um, you know, you can cast mountains into the sea, right? And it's about, with the, the truth that we carry, with the truth that we have been released in, we can see extraordinary things happen. Like the testimony we heard uh, from Michael. So faith comes by hearing, um, and hearing by the word of God. So what I've done, we're going to hand these out, and um, keep one for me. This is how we're going to just move into communion in a moment. That should be enough. If these run out, just let me know, I've got lots more. And what I've done is I've written down... The scriptures that James preached from over the last two weeks were mostly, it was Romans 6 and a bit of Romans 8. And I've, um, I've written these down into declarations. And I pretty much went through the whole passage of Romans 6. And, um, and then I've used a few from Romans 8. And I've added a few more for good measure at the end. And what this is, is... This is a tool through which faith comes by hearing. Now, if we are able to um, appropriate this so that we speak this stuff out over our lives, um, let me use the first one as an example. I have died to sin. That's Romans 6 verse 2. I have died to sin. Now, if I'm being tempted... All I need to do, and and James sort of articulated some of this over the last couple of weeks, all I need to do is say, I have died to sin. And even just saying that, faith comes and strengthens me to stay alive and not get back into the coffin. Who wants to get back in a coffin? No, it's not much fun, is it? It's probably smelly, it's damp. Uh, there'll be all sorts of bugs in there, um, chewing away at our skeleton. <clears throat> we don't want to be in a coffin. That's not where we're destined to be. I have died to sin. So I say that and it releases faith. I know it's scripture. If you, uh, you can look up some of these. Some of them are direct. I've just literally lifted it. Some of it I've slightly rephrased for it to make a little more sense in the context of this. Um, but the core of the truth is still underneath it all. So, what we're going to do, let's everyone stand. And this is to help us become the fullness of what Christ won for us. And what Paul articulates in Romans and this whole journey he goes on uh, to help us become the fullness of what uh, Jesus has won for us. So we want to declare these aloud. When you go home, when you do this, maybe you can do it in the bathroom uh, or first thing in the morning when you get up or before you go to bed. Just speak it out loud. Try it. Keep doing it. 
And I am convinced that not only are you going to start learning it, so it's going to go into the memory bank so that when you need it, you can access it straight away. That will be one effect of it. The other thing is, it cannot do anything other than transform us from the inside out. And boy, do I need that. You probably don't. But I'm doing this, so if you want to join in with me, uh, join in. Let's say all these together. Here we go. I have died to sin. I have been buried with Christ by baptism into death. And now I have been raised with Christ through the glory of the Father. I walk in newness of life. I am spiritually united with Christ in his resurrection. I am no longer a slave to sin. I have died and therefore I am set free from sin. Death no longer has dominion over Christ and therefore death no longer has dominion over me. I am dead to sin and alive to God. I present myself to God as one who has been brought from death to life. I am an instrument for righteousness. Sin has no dominion over me. I have been set free from sin. I am a slave of righteousness. I am a slave to righteousness, which leads to sanctification. I have been set free from sin. The fruit of my life is sanctification. The fruit of my life is eternal life. I have eternal life in Jesus, which is the free gift of God. I am free forever from condemnation. I have been set free from the law of sin and death. I live according to the Spirit. I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, and so my experience is life and peace. The Spirit of God lives in me. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. The Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead gives life to my body. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am united with the Lord and I am one spirit with him. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a saint. I have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I have a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. I am God's workmanship created for good works. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Shall we give thanks to the Lord? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you thanks. We honour your name this morning, Lord. And we declare the truth that because of everything that Jesus has done, each one of us can say, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. And Father, we thank you for the truth of these scriptures. And may they cause 
the transformation in our spirit and therefore in our soul so that we live as a people who have been transferred into the kingdom of Jesus from the kingdom of darkness. No longer do we live in coffins. No longer do we live bound by sin because we've been set free and we are the righteousness of God. And may our lived experience increasingly look like that. And I thank you for the testimonies we're going to hear week on, uh, week on as we move forward. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I think we're going to move into communion. So remember, uh, it'll probably be a quick one, but those words are um, powerful. So whatever words James uses today, and I don't know what he's going to use, let's um, allow them to transform us as we are part of it. Why don't we sit down? (laughs) That was a joke. Let's just lift our hearts again to the Lord. Um, Let's sing that um, great chorus. Oh, praise the... Praise the Lord again. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For we will sing your praise, O Lord, O Now let's stand together. Mm. And Lord, we stand in awe of who you are. We stand to worship you and to signify our uh, return of praise and thanksgiving for all that you've done. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you came and stepped into this world, that you came as one of us and laid down your life. And when you rose from the grave, thank you that you, as one of us, came to release new life, eternal life for us who believe. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you ascended on high to the right hand of the Father and that even now you intercede on on behalf of your church. As your church, with the whole church around the world, we say, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, to receive all honour and praise and glory. We worship you and we thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Amen. We remember on the night that you were betrayed at supper with your friends, Lord Jesus, you took bread and you broke it, and you gave it to them saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the same way, at the end of supper, taking the cup, he gave it to them and said, 
This is the cup of the new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this, all of you, in remembrance of me. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your body was torn and your blood was shed, that we could be free. We thank you and we worship you. Amen. Lord Jesus, as we receive bread and wine today, may they become for us the body and blood of you, that you would feed us from within, that you would nourish us with your life, that you would strengthen us and set us free, and that you send us from here to proclaim you in word and deed. Let's pray together the prayer Jesus Christ taught us himself. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So my friends, brothers and sisters, draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Please be seated. Uh, one on my right, your left, uh, where there won't be any gluten-free or non-alcoholic. Uh, on this side, there'll be uh, non-alcoholic with Harry in the ceramic cup, and there'll also be gluten-free bread. Fathers, we receive now. May you 
Fill us with life eternal, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. body of Christ. The body of Christ. Jesus. 